The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and it's that time of year when the housing market starts to pick up steam. So if you have been thinking about selling your home, please know a couple of things. Interest rates are going up. They're going to rise the rest of the year. If you need to sell or you're thinking about it, right now is the time to list your home with realestateagentsitrust.com. I started realestateagentsitrust.com because I knew there's there had to be a better way to sell or buy a home. And with the market average for selling cycle of six to nine months, you need to get a jump on the rest of the market. Competition is going to be stiff this year, but with realestateagentsitrust.com, my team has assembled the agents who I trust, who you can trust, who will get the most money for your home as quickly as possible. At realestateagentsitrust.com, we've taken the guesswork and anxiety out of selling your home. So put them to work for you now. realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. realestateagentsitrust.com is a Mercury Real Estate LLC. Glenn Beck. All right, let's let's talk about the border here for a second. The wall. It's coming up, kind of, sort of. 5,000 active-duty military have been called to the southwest border. 5,000 military personnel. They're coming in waves with 800 that are on the way right now. The emergency deployment will join over 2,000 National Guard troops that are already on the ground. On top of that, there's another 7,000 troops that have been put on 24-hour emergency standby. That is remarkable. We're talking 14,000 troops on our southern border. Now, you can look at this one of two ways. If you're on the left, you can say this is just Donald Trump uh, posturing and there is no. Well, you know what? If you're on the left, let me just play the left's own Shep Smith. This is what Shep Smith said yesterday about the border. Tomorrow, the migrants, according to Fox News reporting, are more than two months away, if any of them actually come here. But tomorrow is one week before the midterm election, which is what all of this is about. There is no invasion. No one's coming to get you. There's nothing at all to worry about. When they did this to us, got us all riled up in April, remember? The result was 14 arrests. We're America. We can handle it. But, like I said, a week to the election, and Jennifer Griffin's on it from the Pentagon. So there's Fox News and Shepard Smith. Congratulations, Shepard Smith. And CNN is saying the same thing. So is MSNBC. And you know what? They have so much credibility because I, I, I still have the same doctor, don't you? I still have the same doctor. In fact, I'm paying $2,500 less per year for my health insurance. How about you? You know, they have so much credibility because it was clearly racism when we said that socialism and socialists seem to be crawling all over the democratic party and the obama administration and that they were fundamentally changing things no those were all conspiracy you know they were so right when they said there's a caliphate is a pipe dream you were so right Gee, I just don't understand why America doesn't take CNN, Shep Smith, MSNBC, the New York Times at face value. I just don't understand it. 
I mean, again, just this weekend, you're so right when you say that Donald Trump is responsible for the shootings in Pittsburgh. It's just, you know, when you hear stuff, you just know when it's true. Let's think this through fairly for a second. First of all, unusual situations call for emergency actions. Homeland Security has confirmed that the migrant caravan is still on the way, albeit slowly. It's about 4,000 strong. They also announced the existence of a second caravan now forming in Guatemala of another 3,000. Homeland Security and Defense Secretary Mattis are obviously treating this seriously. Even though people like CNN uh, are, you know, calling these, uh, are mocking those who call these uh, an invasion. But what do you call a group of people, 2,000, 4,000, 7,000 strong, marching to a border, saying you're going to cross whether the country wants you or not, while carrying another country's flag? What, what, what do you call that? You know, the reason why you have to stop this if it's coming, the reason why you have to stop it is because if you don't stop this one, there will be an invasion because America can't control her own borders. Nearly 8,000 troops to match a 4,000 strong caravan. 14,000 if the second caravan links up with the first, swelling their numbers to 7,000. So any media magician trying to spin what this caravan really is, and I honestly don't know how you can describe a potential force of 7,000 people all approaching your border with the intent of getting through no matter what you say and carrying a foreign flag. I don't know what you call it besides an invasion. So is the Department of Defense justified? Well, the news media will say no. But what does America say? It is classic military-style doctrine preparing now for an unconventional attack on the country. This has not happened before. But I said I want to be fair here. Unexpected and irregular tactics call for emergency action, and I definitely feel safer knowing that men and women in green and blue are standing watch on the border. I don't know what you can expect. What should you do? Nothing? Nothing? If you had a group of people that were headed to your business or to your house, and they said, we're going to go into your house, whether you like it or not, and we've got 2,000 people here, and you're not going to be able to stop us because what's in your house we want. We're just going to live there. Now, if you had a group of people that were marching, saying that, coming to your house, would you want the police to do nothing? Would you think that, would you be happy if the police all of a sudden just said, you know what, they're not coming for you? No, here they are. They're on the road. They're on the road. There they are. There's the video. There's the video of them saying they're going to come into my house and live in my house. Oh, please. I don't know about you, but 
the next time there was a campaign, I'd sure be running for sheriff. Local law enforcement protect our streets. The Border Patrol protects our borders. The new standard cannot be the military on our borders 100% of the time. Emergency situations always give birth to emergency changes, which always turn into permanent changes. The federal income tax, the Patriot Act, are two examples of many. I don't like emergency measures. That's why we should have a border policy that allows immigrants to come in that are qualified. Come in through the front door and stops all of the side windows and the back door entries. The country needs either serious policy on the border that will stop this or you need to build the damn wall. Because, quite frankly, the military on the border is not a good solution. But I'm sorry, CNN. I don't know what you want to call it. I mean, after all, you don't like to call you don't like to call Antifa when they're throwing Molotov cocktails. You don't even like to call them a mob. The Glenn Beck program. Election by numbers. Let's take a look at the election by uh, numbers. Hello, Stu. Tell me what's happening so far. Well, uh, we're one week away, and this is when we get ballsy with the chart a little bit because we have uh, had a lot of races in the middle in the sort of toss-up category Yep. Um, because the polling's been close, and now we start to try to move them around a little bit more aggressively because okay. we're only a week away. Uh, so here's what we have right now. We're down to only three toss-up races. Uh, we have moved uh, Missouri uh, and Indiana uh, into a lean Republican position. I would say Missouri, I'm pretty confident on. Indiana, the polling is is a little surprising there. Donnelly has been favored there for a long time. Um, but we're moving those to lean Republican that uh, lives there with uh, Ted Cruz. is still a lean Republican state. Uh, and uh, uh, Mississippi and North Dakota is going to get you to 51 if you if Republicans sweep their leaners right now. 51 Republican senators. Mm-hmm. Okay. There are three toss-up races we have that I think are pure toss-ups still, and we couldn't really move them. Uh, Arizona is in there. Nevada is in there. And we've moved Tennessee back into there. Uh, Tennessee had a couple really good polls for Marsha Blackburn uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, where she was, you know, some of them showing her up 14 points. Latest polling is a lot closer. Uh, really a toss-up race at this point. Holy cow. Yeah, so those three are uh, in the toss-up category. And we've moved a couple towards the Democrats as well. Uh, we've moved Florida to a lean Democrat state. Uh, again, this is a tough race because you've got the governor versus the uh, incumbent senator. It's been really tight the entire time. But honestly, looking at it, we've seen a movement towards, uh, towards uh, Nelson in Florida. And we now have that one as a lean Democrat state. Um, we've moved Minnesota as well from safe Democrat to leaning Democrat. The polling there, I, you know, I still think that's going to the Democrats, but it, the polling is closer than I think most people expect. There's two races in Minnesota. One of them's a blowout. The other one isn't. And so we're keeping that one in the leaning Democrat category for now. Montana, we've moved 
to lean Democrat as well. Uh, was a toss-up race for most of this time. It looks like Tester has a, a, enough of a lead there to consider this one to be leaning Democrat at this point. Uh, and let's see, we've got uh, New Jersey and Wisconsin in the leaning Democrat as well. So if, if it's all leaners, you've got 41, 43, 45 for the Democrats. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's, I don't think the Democrats are going to win the Senate. That is, uh, but it's starting but it's, to look shaky. It's moving in the wrong direction. It is moving in the wrong direction over the past few days. The polling has not been good. I mean, Florida was discouraging. I think for Republicans, uh, the past few days, Montana is not turning around. You know, we've seen no signs of real movement. I, I don't think in West Virginia as well, which was a big hope for a pickup. Again, this is a state that voted for Trump by thirty points, and Joe Manchin. I think he, you know. I think he solidified his seat there with his pro-Kavanaugh vote. Yeah. Um, but in the opposite with North Dakota and Heitkamp, I think she's done. Um, but as of right now, I think you can say pretty solidly that there's that the majority right now is going to stay with uh, Republicans. But, I mean, again, Missouri and Indiana are slight leaners. We're moving these. St- I would normally keep the, those in the toss-up category, but we're a week away, and we got to pick at some point. And we also are, I mean, we're in the election right now. I mean, people are voting all across the country right now. Uh, It's no longer a one-day event. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break and then come back. Can you give us some uh, results on the House as well? Mm -hmm. Election by numbers. On the Glenn Beck program. All right, I want to tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Filter By. Uh, Filter By is a great service. Really, truly a great service. I'm going to be honest with you. I've, I've, I've. I'm I'm a 53, 54 year old man. Love of Pete. I've never gone and bought a filter to change the filter. No matter, I've owned house after house. I never changed it. You've never changed it in your life. Never. I well, I just did. I just did first time because of filter by. Yes, and filter by is just a way to. It's a way to like skip the responsibilities of being a man. Because yes. they'll just do, they just send it to you so you don't have to remember. Mm-hmm. And then I know with you, you just had your wife do it. No, I actually went, well, 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 I mean, well, I was there. I was there. Okay. I there. brought the, fil- I mm-hmm. took the filter, I took it from the front porch, and I said, honey, where the hell are the fil? where do we change the well, filters? And well, she said, I think it's upstairs. And so she went one direction. I went the other direction. Some might say, I knew it wasn't in that closet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, this is interesting. And so then she, and so she found it and she pulled the other one out. And I'm like, ah, oh, great. Well, well, here's the new one. And she put that one, um, you know, because. Mm-hmm. Well, so you were there. I was there. Well, it's interesting. Uh, when Osama bin Laden was killed, fellow Al Qaeda members were there. Right. Right. Wait. They, they didn't get the. They don't get the credit Wait. for killing the terrorist. That would be. So I don't even know what that means. But mm. filter by can help you and your wife. Uh, here's a, <laughs> you could get six hundred different sizes. They'll make custom. They ship for free within twenty four hours. They support working Americans because they're all made here in America. And the best part is you'll save 5% when you subscribe for the auto replacement. So you'll never forget to change your filters ever again because they show up. This is exactly what happened. Shows up and I'm like, oh, I should change the filter. Honey, where's the filter? Where do we change that? When it, when it shows up, you just change it. That's it. 
Stop procrastinating. Just get this done. It's really actually very good for your uh, HVAC system. So I want you to go to FilterBuy. That's FilterBuy.com. FilterBuy.com. Order your filters now at FilterBuy.com. Hello and welcome to the uh, program. Glad you're here. We are going out. What is it? Thursday. Thursday, we're going to be in Richmond, Virginia. Friday in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, or Hershey, Pennsylvania, actually. Uh, and uh, then we're going to be in Pittsburgh. All of the proceeds for the Pittsburgh show are going to uh, the police officers that uh, lost their lives. Also, the police force, we want to make sure that we give them some uh, some help on on future things. And the uh the synagogue and the the people in the jewish community uh so what are you saying to me you just sometimes say words in order that i don't understand or go ahead say it uh, what did i do where is the money going for the pittsburgh thing it's going to the jewish community okay it's also going to the uh the police officers families Mm -hmm. okay and we are checking into is there something that the police officers need that we can do and help them uh for you know future hmm. things like this cool that All sounds right. good yeah mm-hmm. so and then on uh sunday we're going to be in cleveland so join us you can get your tickets now at glenbeck.com slash tour we're going to be talking a lot about the um uh the upcoming election uh and um and Stu has some news for us but he tells me it's not really good news yeah, I, mean, I would say, if anything, it's the, the road is a little bit more uphill than it was the, a, a week ago. Um, you know, it was interesting. Someone made this, uh, election analyst made this point, and it's, it's an interesting one. Probably the most calm and con- under control that Donald Trump was in the entire election was in the last couple of weeks. If you remember, he gave Hillary nothing. Nothing. After that tape came out, right? That was probably a month before the election. Mm-hmm. Last three weeks, he gave her nothing. She had nothing to say he was crazy on. He was... I mean, as rock solid as he has been, as under control as he's been, no crazy tweets, none of it. He didn't play any of those mm-hmm, games the last mm-hmm. three weeks of the election. And that's when he closed the entire gap. Yes. Remember, he was down by you know, eight in the polls or so uh, when after the, the tape came out and closed it to uh, a much you know tighter margin and wound up winning, obviously. Uh, you know, this one he just seems to be going the other way with right now. I mean, like he's talking obviously about a lot about the, they're talking about a potential uh, executive order to uh, end birthright citizenship. He's talking about um, he's being more aggressive, right? And that, that may be good. It may not be good. We're going to see, right? Um, I don't think it is. I think, you know, look, you've already made your mind up with Donald Trump. And then there there's a point to where you like, I don't want any more information. I don't want any new information. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm 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 happy with the way things are going, but I'm not thrilled. Can I can you just help me as a citizen just feel like everything is normal? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he reminds people it ain't normal. And right before an election, that's not necessarily what you need. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I think that's probably true. Because he made his strong stand with Kavanaugh. He made that strong stand. We know where he stands on the border. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to to c- continue to dogpile. And mm-hmm. and quite honestly, I-, I wish he would stop the, the press is our enemy. I understand what he means, and I'm going to be doing some stuff on the press today uh, that is, I, I mean, it, they're out of control. 
But that enemy, the, you know, they're the enemy of the people. It's just bad phraseology. Yeah. And it makes people uncomfortable, I think. And we have to also back up and say that this is not just just a Trump election, right? No. This is an election for individuals in individual districts. And there's a lot of storylines, particularly in the Senate, where, you know, there's a lot of storylines that could decide it. I think the issue uh, overall, however, uh, there's a... The momentum the is not in the favor of uh, Republicans right now, particularly in the House. And you're seeing more movement uh, oh, that's dangerous. to the Democratic side right now. But, I mean, you know, who knows? I mean, this it doesn't mean that that's the way it's going to turn out. Um, it's just, it's not, you'd hope to be having a nice run right now where you're going to the, I mean, like, for example, the lead up to the presidential election was a positive run for Trump and Democrats and, and Republicans. Remember, they you know a month before they're down by eight or nine points. They closed that gap all the way almost with the polls. Uh, so it was not a the momentum clearly showed it was behind uh, Trump leading up to that election, and obviously he won. Here it's a little bit. It's not. I wouldn't say it's dramatically to the left, but it does seem to be leaning that way. Get out and vote. Do not sit this election out. Get out and vote. Welcome to the program, Mr. Pat Gray, who uh, precedes this program on the Blaze Radio and Television Network mm-hmm. uh, and also has his uh, podcast that you can listen to and download at your leisure. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the program, Pat. Big news of the day to you is? I would say the possibility of the president issuing an executive order ending birthright citizenship. Okay. Problem. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> problem. It's an executive order I'd agree with, though. So, <laughs> so you're okay so, with it? Yeah, whatever. That's yeah. how you judge it. <laughs> Isn't that the justification? Yeah, that is the justification. I think uh, what would happen is it would be challenged, and it then it would go to the Supreme Court, which finally, okay, force the Supreme Court to rule on that. The Fourteenth Amendment is not about is not about illegals coming here, dropping babies, and having them be citizens. No, that's it not was, what it's about. No, this was clearly again. I said yesterday. Everything after the 10th Amendment, basically, is a reiteration. It's just a reiteration. Oh, dear mm-hmm. God, did you not get this? Mm-hmm. Yes, blacks. We mean black people, too. Okay? Yeah, That's right. the, the, the 13th Amendment. 14th Amendment is, oh, jeez. Okay, in the yes. South, stop it. Yeah, you, you the, literally, Democrats, mm-hmm. knock it off. Mm-hmm. Yes, their children are citizens, too. Yeah. That's what this was. Right. This was not about coming over here and having a baby and then, you know, sneaking in, cross having a baby and then being able to bring all your family here. Ludicrous. That's not what that was. Mm-mm. And so it's but been misinterpreted now all this time. Right. But you can't you can't use he an shouldn't executive do it order. with an executive. No. Order. no. But if he's doing it with an executive order, so it's challenged and it goes right directly to the Supreme Court. I'm kind of OK with that. Yeah. And that's I think that's what would happen. Yeah. Um, because they will challenge it. They will challenge it, and I want, I, I, I hope that there's a way to challenge it more than just because I, constitutionally, I think, no, the president can't issue an executive order that goes against the Constitution. But I would like more than that. I would like them to rule on what the 14th Amendment actually means. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a disagreement among even like originalists with the Constitution as to what it actually means or whether that's included. And it'll be interesting. Weirdly, to there see, is. Yeah. yeah. And it seems, it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see like how that shakes out because, you know, one of the things we've praised Trump about relatively endlessly is uh, have been the job he's done with the courts. So he, these are the judges he's put in 
would now rule on this and with there being some level of debate even among originalists mm. whether this would be allowed or not it would just going to be fascinating yeah, to watch imagine, if it does happen mm-hmm. imagine chuck schumer and uh, and nancy pelosi writing up that brief as a friend of the court to come in and say no no judge kavanaugh we we really believe this that guy has got to be a superman to not to not at least think Oh, oh really? I mean, <laughs> you could you could come with a Pittsburgh shooter and be like, and say, no, really, he did it. He's really, really bad. You know, we need to incarcerate him. Not even death penalty. We need to incarcerate him. And he, you know, there's got to be a part of him that just goes, oh, that's what you want. <laughs> Speaking of which, it's interesting to see uh, everybody bending over backwards in the mainstream media. And a lot of the Democrat leadership trying to pin the Pittsburgh shooting on Trump. The most pro-Israel, pro-Jewish president we've ever had in the history of this country. And he's responsible for this. It's pretty amazing. It is. You know what? Can we play? Can we play just a couple of things? Listen, listen to this. This is how far they have gone. This is how far they have gone. Here's here's Joe Scarborough and what he had to say. Listen to this. Nika, um, you know, in a week, people get to make a decision. Is this the America they want to live in? Because right now, the only constitutional check against this sort of abhorrent behavior, again, a guy really, a guy who was sending a message by time and time again, tweeting about baseball or talking about his bad hair day there, that was done intentionally. What? To send a message to white nationalists. This doesn't bug me that much. Listen, I'm, I'm going to oh. watch a baseball game. I'm going to tweet about baseball. It's a World Series. I'm just, I'm just not, uh, I'm, I'm not going to let it occupy my day. This is how twisted yeah. they have become. Yeah. It's how twisted they have well, become. Well, and that's from a, a hardcore conservative. Yeah, Joe, Joe Scarborough. Scarborough. Nobody's more conservative than Joe. No, no you of know? course not. I mean, not at least not at that desk. And a good friend. And a good friend. He and Mika, good friends. All good oh, friends. Good, 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 good buddies. Now. They yeah. watched a lot of yeah. the debates together. Oh, you know, nice. good friends. Joe and Mika did? Mm-hmm. With, uh, with, with the president? Uh, yeah, I think huh. so. Yeah. yeah they yeah. did, actually. Yeah. 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 Mm. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's turned so, a little bit. So, they're, so CNN, over and over and over again, are trying to get any Jewish person to say, oh, yeah, this is Donald Trump's fault. Oh. I heard the rabbi of the synagogue. Yeah. Oh, Allison mm-hmm. Camerata tried desperately to get oh, him to say it was, it was Trump's fault. He wouldn't do it. Right. You know, to his credit, he would not do it. They tried it with Joe Lieberman. They tried yeah. it with uh, Ambassador mm-hmm. Dermer mm-hmm. from Israel. He wouldn't do it. And he, he I mean, it, 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 it turned on them. These people were like, no. No, that's not, that's not what Trump's it is. fault. It's not Trump's fault. And for them to now they're starting to make all criticism of anybody who's Jewish or who's ever known a Jewish person or who's ever driven by a synagogue. <laughs> if you criticize that person, it's anti-Semitic. <laughs> what are you talking about? That is true. I mean, that was that uh, Julia was Ioff or yeah. whoever she yeah, is from, yeah, GQ. from GQ. It's it's uh, it's uh, anti-Semitic yeah. to criticize George Soros. That's what she said about Glenn. In fact, she had a little issue My yesterday gosh. as well uh, on CNN. Oh. Uh, GQ columnist uh, talking about Trump radicalizing. Listen to this. 
Now, this president, one of the things that he really launched his presidential run on is talking about Islamic radical radicalization. And this president has radicalized so many more people than ISIS ever did. I mean, the way he talks, oh, wow, the way gosh. he, the way he. That is, that's just, it's, it's The way he talks, the way, the now, way that he uh, allows these people, the way he winks and nods to these the groups, the way he says, I know I'm not supposed to say it, but I'm a nationalist, gritting his teeth, kind of says, fine, okay, I condemn this, but then, you know, and Jake, all his... For you, not to push, for, you, wait, hold on. for you not to push back on that... You're about to push back on but, but to bring... That's but, but, For her to say that the President of the United States has radicalized more people than ISIS is irresponsible. Okay, stop. Mm-hmm. You notice Beyond the guest was not just saying that to him, to, to her. The guest was saying it to the host. Yeah. For yeah. you not to push back on that is irresponsible. He's not talking about her being irresponsible. Yeah. He's talking about CNN being irresponsible. Mm-hmm. And one thing to notice in that clip, she, she says uh, one of the things that the president ran on it was uh, fighting Islamic extremism. And now we know that he has radicalized more people than ISIS. There's a setup line to that. So not only is it a catchy little thing that might get her in the news, it's also there's a setup line to it. Uh, to me... Obviously, a planned line. Obviously, mm-hmm. she meant well, to go she's... on television and say just that. She well, set it up out of. Co- it didn't make any sense in in the context of the conversation. She wanted to get to that line, right? And she's totally under control. Mm-hmm. She's dispassionate about it. Yep. She's just having a conversation. Yes. So here is her apology when she realizes how bad that was a few minutes later. I think I spoke in the heat of the moment. This has been a very emotional and personally painful time for me. Right. I think I exaggerated and I apologize for that. But what I, the point I was trying ham-fistedly to make is that there, it's not a coincidence that, uh, according to the ADL, the number of anti-Semitic attacks has jumped by nearly 60% in the first year that Donald Trump was in office. And it's no coincidence because... Even though the main danger is homegrown right-wing extremists, as many studies have pointed out, this administration has methodically shifted resources away from monitoring those people, away from trying to control those people, Mm -hmm. and keep them from committing violence. Okay, not an apology. That's not not an apology apology at all. Not an apology at all. She could further inflame what she was saying. Mm -hmm. And... There's no pushback from CNN. No, they don't care. I no, mean, it's they, great for them. They right. like it. Yeah. Because they, like they believe it. it. They do. They believe it. It's it, it they are I've I've never I've never been this connected, disconnected from the media ever. And that we've been disconnected from the media a long time. Yeah. This this is like they are broadcasting to an alternate uh reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, I. I don't even know how they see these things. Well, I you, don't. I mean, as an anti-Semite, that's what you expect Glenn to say, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's right. Well, I forgot. I, I forgot. I am yeah. a. This same person said that I was an anti-Semite. She so. did. She did. And yeah. I, you know, I, we look back to see if we could find the evidence of it. And you do talk about the Jews a lot. <laughs> he <laughs> does. Guy, he's obsessed with them. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. Glenn Beck is obsessed with the Jews. I think we can all come together on that point. I mean, listen to how many times he talks about them. Listen to this. <laughs> Israel exists because they have a right to live. The same hatred is emerging. From the shadows, it is coming out again. And once again, the fingers are beginning to point to Israel, to the Jew. And again, for some reason, even here in America, we are turning a blind eye. This time, there is no excuse. Stand with Israel. We will stand for the truth. Hmm. We will stand for freedom and decency. We will stand for life. We are with you. 
you're not alone. A message to Israel. Israel, hear me clearly. Here's what I can offer. My prayers and my support. And I wish my country would support you. We support your right to exist. We support your right as a Jew to live. I've told you, as Israel goes, so goes the Western world. They are the keystone to freedom in the Middle East. If they fall, we all fall. In Israel, you see courage. In Israel, there is more courage in one small square mile than in all of Europe. I stand tonight with Israel. The nation of Israel and its capital of Jerusalem lives forever. It is truly an honor to be here, and I am a proud Zionist. I am proud to be with you. Glenn, on a personal note, it's been amazing, the friendship that we've had. And really, uh, it's been just amazing getting a chance to sit and to study with you. And we really want to thank you for everything that you do. Thank you so much. Receiving one of those Defender of Israel awards. <laughs> and you've been, I mean... You're right, Stu. We talked about him a lot. He talks about him a lot. He's obsessed. You know, and, and it's a dog whistle. Yeah. It's a dog whistle. <laughs> yep. When I say a, we stand with Israel, it means you eternal want them capital, gone. <laughs> it means, you know, gas them. It's yeah. got to mean that. I mean, it's a dog whistle. Oh, we all know it. Man. And with the exception of your weight, you've been very consistent on those comments. <laughs> Shut, so, up. That's, uh, Shut up. Uh, Shut up. Shut <laughs> up. I mean, it's, I, that's, it's one of the more bizarre attacks. And it's, it's the incredible. idea. Pat brought this up when we were off the air a minute ago. Is every criticism of Glenn Beck a criticism of the Mormon church? Yeah. Right. Is it? Is that what they're doing? They're attacking Mormons. Yeah. I mean, that, this is how idiotic that point is. You can be critical of the top progressive financier as a conservative without hating Jews. It's got yes. nothing to do Especially with him being a Jew. since George Soros is an atheist. I mean, it is it is absolutely incredible. It First is. of all, the number one person on the uh, on the death list for Jews, you know, the most targeted Jew in America is Ben Shapiro, Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. Now, the Trump people love Ben Shapiro. I mean, most conservatives do. (laughs) Right. Conservatives love Ben Shapiro. We don't like George Soros. So how do you weigh that one? It's Mm. policy-based. It is. policy-based. And they know it. They know it. Of course they do. They're doing the same thing as they were doing with uh, Barack Obama when you said, wait a minute. He's a socialist. He's a socialist. You're a racist for saying that. Yeah. Don't let this work. Doesn't make any sense. Don't let, this this does not even warrant a response, at least a serious response. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, they have become a joke and have become everything they said they despised. Thank you, Pat. Pat Gray, Pat Gray Unleashed, is going to be uh, uh, something you can listen to on your podcast. It's coming up just, I think it posted pretty soon. Uh, check it out every day on podcasts as well as uh, preceding this program on the Blaze Radio and TV networks. And don't forget, Steve Dace follows this uh, program on the Blaze Radio and TV network as well. July 2017, Bitcoin down 40%. Bitcoin cryptocurrency expert Tika Tawari said, okay, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a run on this. It was $1,800. There's going to be a run on this. Everybody's like, you're crazy. What was it? Eight months later, 
And it was in an all-time high. It was at almost 20,000. Now, Tika has said that it is going to be at 40,000. Now, he said this was going to happen by Christmas. There's not a chance. I don't think. There's not a chance that's going to happen. Not a chance. I would be very. It would be, be a wonderful Christmas present, but it, I don't think it it's, really would. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I'm a skeptic on that one. I will tell you. We have to get him back on the phone because I just talked to him recently. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, Tika, come on, man. Really? We're and close. he's like. Yeah, he's like, okay, maybe the timing, maybe it's not Christmas, but I'm telling you. And he laid out all the reasons why it's about to take off. Yeah. This isn't a guess. He's right. It's not a guess. It's just a matter of timing. Um, All right. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take the smart crypto course because I think everybody should have at least $100 in, in cryptocurrency. It's just this is game changing stuff. And between uh, Bitcoin, you know, cryptocurrency and blockchain, that is the future. And you need to understand it. Take this Glenbeck exclusive course right now. SmartCryptoCourse.com. SmartCryptoCourse.com. Or call 877-PBL-BECK. 877-PBL-BECK. SmartCryptoCourse.com. Welcome to the uh, program. Glad you're here. Um, we have a great hour for you. Kind of an insight, kind of a behind the scenes. What's it like to be, um, you know, a speaker of truth in a city where nobody wants to hear the truth? We have that coming up in uh, just a second. Also more on the news as well. And we're going out on tour. First time I've been on tour, I think in, I don't know, seven years, six, seven years, something like that. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see you. And I'm going to be in Richmond, Virginia on Thursday night. Friday, we're going to be in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Saturday, in Pittsburgh. And Sunday, in Cleveland, Ohio. So join us. Go to glenbeck.com slash tour. glenbeck.com slash tour. Bring your friends. Bring your sense of humor. And you can, you're more than welcome to bring your family as well. Everything is, uh, everything is family friendly, and I think you'll all learn a lot and laugh a lot. Join us. Glenbeck.com slash tour begins this week. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour. On tour this fall. Glenn Beck. I want to introduce you to a guy who... You want to talk about a guy who's going to be able to last in the next uh, phase where we're all having to change jobs every five years? So this guy, Patrick Karelchi. He is a former applied physicist, a marketer, and a writer. I don't know how those things go hand in hand. But he was uh, he was uh, sponsored by Andrew Breitbart for a Pulitzer. And I remember this, these these op eds, Obama's politicization of the National Endowment for the Arts. Do you remember when he was doing that? This is the guy who exposed that. Uh, He also uh, forced the resignation of an Obama appointee, led to the creation of new White House issued ethics guidelines, revealed. Do you remember this one? Revealed the Obama initiative to influence scripted TV content. As this guy. He has a new podcast out that I highly, highly recommend. Uh, I, I listen to lots and lots of talent and lots and lots of podcasts. Patrick's podcast 
I, I absolutely love, I can't remember exactly the phrase, but he, he said at some point, I'm a storyteller. These are stories. And he tells what's happening through great, great storytelling, which is a lost art. Welcome to the program, uh, Patrick Cor- uh, Corelci. You got it right, Glenn. You got my last name right. <laughs> it's Thank a, you so much. You need to change it because it's spelled ridiculously. And uh, <laughs> Anyway, Patrick, your podcast is Red Pilled America. Can you just go over the the first episode? It's fantastic. Yes. Yeah, the first episode, I basically kind of show Hollywood's hypocrisy through a story that I, um, through an incident that I experienced with some of Hollywood's um, biggest players, where we basically called out this man for um, getting in bed with other people's kids. And the uh, he was able to turn it around merely by saying that we were conservatives and the entire community basically uh, sided with this man because of that. So I go through and, and kind of give an insider's look at Hollywood through the lens of this story and kind of analyze their opinions towards the right and um, kind of come out of it. And it, it, it basically led to the podcast um, that I learned through this a story that basically the left and Hollywood are never going to allow conservatives in and we're never going to allow us to tell our stories. And so it just kind of, it, it bled right into this, into the creation of this podcast. Well, it is, it's rare to hear a good storyteller. It's, uh, uh, I mean, honestly, uh, Patrick, if you just stumbled onto this, uh, you might think because of the production value and the writing and the way you've done it, it, it sounds it sounds like something the left would produce, uh, which is fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank well, you. Thank for you. That. Thank you. I mean, it's such an important uh, human uh, form of communication. And uh, you are obviously uh, I've, I've heard you speak and you, you, you understand the, the power of storytelling. And, but it's something that the right has not never done uh, really well. embraced. No, no, we don't do it well. No. So no, and, and, it, and it's something we need to do. So, um, so to take the audience through a bit, what did you what did you learn from that? Because I think this is the same thing that's happening when we said Barack Obama is surrounded by socialists. Look at the look at look at uh, the cover of what was it? Uh, Newsweek magazine said we're all socialists now. And as soon as we said you're going for socialism, uh, they immediately said we're racist. Now, when you point out uh, George Soros this week, the media is trying to say anybody who disagrees with George Soros is an anti-Semite. That's kind of the same thing that you found in Hollywood with your case, is it not? I did. I did. And they basically have taken the position that anybody that is a Republican or conservative is racist, is anti-Semite, is, is a homophobic. And it's just their, their way of kind of othering us. I mean, I'm uh, American of Mexican descent. And so uh, my wife is Mexican. She's a, a first generation, uh, you know, uh, a Mexican-American. Uh, it, it's, it, they use this identity politics to other us. And then they completely ostracize and they just, it's an attack mode. And it's something that it, it goes into understanding why Hollywood is so ubiquitously 
left-leaning. And, you know, you see why all these stories that come out of Hollywood that are so one-sided, that only tell one side of the story. So, you know, that is when I saw this, I said, you know what, we need to start telling our side of the story and we need to use storytelling as a, as a way to do that. So that's what, what I learned. It, it, was, it was an astonishing kind of moment to, to call out a man that is getting in bed with other people's kids and to actually have the entire community turn on us purely because we were conservatives. It was an astonishing moment to go through. What is it that they, what is it that they hate about conservatives more than pedophilia? You know, it, I think it is a fear. Hollywood is such a small community, and it's run by so few people. And there's a, such a fear for losing work. And one way, and, it, and on top of that, it's like the Games of Thrones, where there it's very competitive to uh, to, to get that work. So the first the first way to take somebody out is to say that they're conservative. Um, and then anybody that anybody that is even near that person that gets to stink of them on conservative that they're conservative, they run from that person. So there's a lot of it is the loudest voices basically first kind of point you out like the invasion of the body snatchers that this guy is the conservative, and then you have the the second tier, which are just people that are fearful for their for getting work, and those people run as well. So it's just kind of this kind of uh, very uh, unhealthy community that gets set up and then you know and then you start to see what happens to the hollywood box office they start to you know slowly over the last 15 years start to decline because they aren't making uh content for the other half of the country so um you know i i think that conservatives have really locked in on this and said you know what enough of this we're not taking this anymore you see the ratings start to go down but now it's our time now there's this new frontier for conservatives where we need to start creating content for ourselves and we need to start entertaining ourselves because they're never going to do it. Um, and that's what we're trying to do with red pilled America. That's on the iHeartRadio uh, podcast, or excuse me, iHeartRadio, <clears throat> excuse me, iHeartRadio app. We're talking to uh, Patrick Corelci and um, uh, let me ask you, um, Patrick, um, I have this theory about what happened with Megan Kelly, that the, that the business people looked at Megan Kelly and thought, wow, she's a great get. She's, she's very credible. She's great in an interview. You know, we have our own kind of 60 minutes kind of person. Um, very, very smart, yada, yada, yada. They hire her. And that's when the social justice warriors all around them remind her remind them she's a conservative she was or at least she was a conservative on a conservative network she was part of fox um and no you can't play nice and you have to destroy her and so they hired her for business reasons and then as soon as they realized the the social justice warriors were against it they did what everybody else does and they just immediately changed their tune and set out to destroy. Do you think there's any validity to that? Oh, 100%. I mean, she didn't have an audience when she went there. She was walking into a completely different environment that she was used to. I also do think that her uh, going after the network for their coverage of the Harvey Weinstein and, and the entire Me Too 
uh, movement had a big part of that that a lot of people aren't touching on. Um, it, it basically, she was, you know, pretty brave in doing that. Um, I think, you know, from a career wise, it might have been not the smartest move to do. It, yet, but, yet, uh, here's a woman in the Me Too moment exposing the corporation for covering, and they don't like that. And where are all the social justice warriors on that one? Exactly. And that's where you kind of see how the Me Too movement has become just a political weapon because it was not it's 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 not um, being used in the way that it was uh, given birth to. Um, And I think that that is is one of the main reasons why. And it didn't help that she was a conservative and it was easy to get rid of her because of that. Um, So, yeah, I think that's what happened in Megan. Patrick, we're, we're talking to the host of Red Pilled America. You can hear it on the uh, iHeartRadio app. Really good storyteller. I know you're going to be taking on a few issues, and I want to kind of go through uh, a couple of them. Um, first of all, uh, the caravan that is, that is coming up, uh, there's today, they're, they're, the media, including Shep Smith, are saying there's nothing to worry about. This isn't an invasion what do, what are your thoughts on the caravan? You know, I think that it is something that, for whatever reason, the last ten years the left has completely changed their tune on um, in regards to uh, our borders and our open borders. I I, I feel like it is. Uh, we actually do an episode uh, that's coming up that looks at this kind of story of you know is there actually jobs Americans won't do, and we follow uh, two construction workers that um, I, I don't want to give the, you know, the end away, but that completely disprove that, uh, that, that argument. And I, I think at the end of the day, there is a lot of people that in America that we've forgotten about that have lost their jobs to, to uh, much cheaper labor that comes across the border. And I think that we're seeing this here. I think that this the caravan it is not for political refugee kind of status that these people are looking for. It's economic, and it's going to hurt the the most vulnerable people in the United States. Well, what, and I think it's what's causing the homeless crisis in in Los Angeles. Is that fueled by any of this? You know, that's a funny thing that you that you ask that. It, it does one hundred percent fuel some of that because a lot of these kinds of uh, labor type jobs have been taken away. Um, but another thing that is causing the, the homeless crisis in, in Los Angeles is, is that there is, is the drug epidemic. There are, there's a thing called patient, and we actually have a story coming out on that, um, patient brokering where people are using Obamacare to fly, to fly people out to Los Angeles to rehab centers. And then when they end up using them, uh, using the, the health insurance up, they end up getting stuck here in Los Angeles. And there's been this huge surge of of tour, basically uh, rehab tourism here in mm. the in the Southern California area that has been uh, that is being attributed to to the homeless surge of the course of the last you know basically follows the the passing of Obamacare and I've spoken to parents that have basically been through this and they point directly to uh, Obamacare as being part of the reason why uh, their kids have gotten out here in Los Angeles and then get end up getting stuck out here. Um. You're covering also one other story I want to cover with you. Why does the black community vote almost unanimously for Democrats? 
You know, we are, that's, we're, we're releasing two episodes on Thursday. So um, our podcast is launching this Thursday on iHeartRadio's uh, uh, podcast, or excuse me, uh, app. And one of the episodes is on this question. And we speak to Candace Owens and Diamond and Silk, and we get their kind of opinion on, on why um, the black community has vote, voted almost unanimously since at least the, the, you know, the 90s or the 80s. And what we are told is, is that they've been conditioned their entire life to vote that way. And um, they've used the tool of racism and, and, uh, and, the, and the, the claim of racism to kind of scare people. And, and it, there's no other community within the United States that votes 90% plus for one party. Do you see, so a, ch- a, do you see a change coming in that? Do they? They do. They do. I, I'm hopeful. Um, I, I really feel like we will, uh, we will be able to tangibly see a better America when that happens. When, we, yeah. when you see 15, 20, 25% of the black community voting um, for Republicans, you're going to see a different America at that point. Patrick Corelci, so good to talk to you and uh, congratulations on the podcast. I think it's really, really dynamic and you do a great job on it. Um, Thank you so much. We'll talk again. Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it. Uh, The name of the podcast is Red Pilled America and it's on the iHeart radio app. Sponsor this half hour is Simply Safe. Simply Safe is a way to keep your home uh, and your children uh, safe, and it is—I mean, it's just—it's this the best way. It really is. I mean, it the the you know Wells Fargo. I don't want to stick them out, but anybody who is doing these you know uh, security systems for homes the way it used to be done. It's just, it's like a thing of the past. It's like having a hardwired telephone. I mean, what are you doing? Simply Safe is all wireless and you own the system. And it's really, I warn you, it's going to hack you off if you've ever had, you know, any of the other security systems because you so overpaid them for so long. It's, go, it's, it's astonishing how much money you have overpaid and how much money you're going to save with Simply Safe. If you go to simplysafebeck.com right now, they're going to set you up with a a security system that you can have in your own home. You can set it up yourself literally within minutes. All you have to do is go to simplysafebeck.com. You'll get 10% off this system, simplysafebeck.com. Go there now. You'll have no contracts. Your monitoring every month is $14.95 or 99 cents a month. So it's, it's easy. No strings, no contracts. Just the best at keeping your family, your business, your home safe. SimplySafeBeck.com. SimplySafeBeck.com. Boy, we're going to have a lot to say while we're on uh, tour. Uh, we begin in Richmond this week. Don't miss it. If we're in Richmond, we'll see you on Thursday night. We'll see you in Hershey, Pennsylvania. On uh, on uh, on Friday and Pittsburgh on Saturday, Cleveland, Ohio on Sunday. We're really anxious to see you. Glenbeck.com slash tour. Grab your tickets now. I mean, you know, I, I just want to point out that, you know, people say, how do these cities get picked? Well, uh, let's see. Hershey. I don't think you need to say any more than that. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh. Permanti sandwiches. Oh. Uh, oh, Cleveland. 
melt. Oh, I have a bucket list item in Cleveland, which is melt bar and grilled. If you've ever seen this place, they make, I, I can't even describe the stuff that's on that menu. It's, it's, it's life changing. Here's the only thing. I, I don't know how Richmond got on. I don't, uh, I mean, I guess we need recommendations from Richmond. Yeah. And if you say peanuts, <laughs> oh, you got to have the Virginia bit. Shut up. Yeah. No peanuts. We're looking for fat food. That's what we're looking for. Yeah. When you see us on tour, you'll know. You'll know. Yes, they that's are, a, are looking for fat food. This is mm-hmm. why this is, this is why I understand. <laughs> yeah. Hershey, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, I get it. Mm-hmm. So what is it that we're supposed to have in Richmond? And if you don't come up with an answer, we may not show up. I'm just saying. So we've <laughs> got other welcome. cities where we can eat. Um, uh, I am. I, I just I. I uh, I'm having a very difficult time uh, today, and I, I, I guess it's just time to turn it all off. And and I mean, today is the day, really, for me that I'm like, okay, I don't have anything in common with the mainstream media at all. Uh, uh, Meet the press wanted me on last weekend, and I said mm, no. And they said, why? You know, you have so much to say. We were, yeah, yeah. Why don't you say that to every guest? No. And the reason why is I don't think going on expecting to have a conversation and with an actual solution is anything more than insanity at this point. How many times have we done this? Are any of these shows giving us any answers Are any of them? No, they've got one guy saying one thing and then the follow up with the other guy saying the other and. You're left in the same place, and most of them have an agenda. I mean, going on CNN now, it's crazy. That's crazy. I don't know, honestly, who's watching CNN. It's craziness. Blaming, blaming Donald Trump for Pittsburgh. And then Linda Sarsour you know, tweets out, we're turning our grief into action with Jewish action to send a clear message that this anti-Semitic xenophobic attacks never happen again. Are you kidding? Linda Sarsour, the fan of Louis Farrakhan, the one who brings the Women's March leadership to one of the most anti-Semitic speeches Louis Farrakhan has ever given. You're telling us what anti-Semitism is? Are you... They're on a they're living on a different planet. Glenn Beck Mercury. <sighs> Some uh, Chinese military scientists have now infiltrated Five Eyes Western Universities. Um, they now are um, over the past decade. According to the Financial Times. Uh, and uh, citing a new report from the Australian government. The Chinese researchers are failing to disclose their military affiliations, but they are publishing a large volume of joint patient, uh, papers with Western scientists. Uh, and they are, China is funding all of this scientific work. They're not saying that they're part of the military. They're getting Western scientists to help them. They're taking that that all that study and all that work back to uh, China, which is not really good. I don't know if you have um, been following the global news because nobody is really telling you about this now. 
but um, Russia and China are now openly warning that they are, and I'm quoting, preparing for war with the United States. Um, that's not good. And then there is um, the election that is happening. The, the press, while they are trying to say that it's all right-wing extremism, you have the Republican uh, Party headquarters that yesterday, I believe, this is the headline, Republican Party headquarters vandalized. Now, when you think of vandalization, what do you think of? Spray paint? Oh, yeah, it could right. be up to spray paint, maybe some yeah, graffiti, yeah. maybe knocking things over. Toilet yeah. paper, did they toilet paper? No, they were shooting guns into uh, the uh, GOP headquarters. So that's vandalization now. Shooting guns is vandalization? Really? That's v- well, you remember the vandalism heard around the world uh, that we all Which remember. The start of the, start of the war um, back in the day. Or, of course, when we vandalized Nagasaki and Hiroshima so terribly oh, back I forgot in the about 40s. that vandalization. Yeah, there yeah. was a lot of, va- a lot lot of vandalism. Of vandalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. boy. You're right. When you're right, you're right, Stu. <laughs> so we are, we are sitting in, in, a, in a world, and, and how do we come together? Now, I, I saw this. Did you see data for progress, Stu? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've got some good stuff on this, actually. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm glad to hear you say that. So let's let's talk about this. These are independent voters. And I think the headline here is, oh, look at the independent voters. They, they want socialized medicine. Well, let, let's go through these numbers a bit. Um, elect more women. Seventy six percent of independent voters say yes. Fifteen percent say no. I, I, how would you answer that? Yes or no. Elect the most qualified person regardless of their genitals right. is how I would I answer it. I don't care. Yes. I don't care. Uh, support assault weapons ban. 58% say yes. 39% say no. I mean, that's, again, the assault weapons ban is a tough is a tough uh, summary of what it actually is. Because people uh, don't Because the details know. matter yeah. and people don't know. They, don't they just know. think it's scary guns. But, I mean, that's not atypical of that poll for an independence. I think this one is really interesting because there's two questions. Support the rights of kneeling NFL players. 57% of independents say yes. 39% say no. However, there's also this question. Support the actions of kneeling NFL players. (laughs) 39% say yes. And 55% say no. So people support their right to do it, but don't agree with what they're doing. Exactly right. Now, that is not the way the media is portraying that. Nope. Um, and I think it's the way most conservatives feel, right? Like, yeah, I guess they can do it, but it's not the, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the right way. I don't support what they're saying and what their, what their actions are. Correct. Uh, support single-payer health care. 56% say yes. 37% say no. And that, if you're wondering why you're getting so many people jumping on that bandwagon, it's polls like that. That's why the Democrats are doing it. Do you want Congress to check Trump? 53% say yes, 38% say no. Also, by the way, the founders said yes to that one. Yeah. And they said it to any president. Right. Because that that's actually be a big part of the role. It should, it should be, be 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, do you support the Mueller investigation? 52% say yes, 42% say no. These are independent voters. Can I pair that with another poll? Yes. Is the Russia investigation a witch hunt? 49% say yes. 
47% say no. It's interesting. They support the investigation, but they do believe it is politically motivated and with no real end to it. This is this this poll is the first time and you're not going to get this without because who's publishing all of it. Uh, they'll just give you the highlights of it. They'll say, oh, f- you know, 52 percent say the, the Mueller investigation. Yeah, but they won't say 49 percent also think that it's a witch hunt. So it, people are nuanced. Yeah, they, they, they think it's worth looking into. I'm, you know, I'm right. glad they're looking into it just to make sure. But we don't think there's anything there. This one surprises me. Elect more feminists. 49% say yes. 33% say no. And that's it's similar to the women question, though, right? I mean, it's like a generalized question. Feminists, I don't think people are really familiar with the ideology enough to know. And it depends what kind of feminist you are, yeah. right? I mean, Christine Hoff Summers, I'd love to see her. Yeah. You know, she's, but she would, you know, but she's not the type of feminist that's going out there today. Has Trump committed crimes in office? 43% say yes. 46% say no. Just a political line sort of vote yeah. there. Abolish ICE. 30% of independents say yes. 63% say no. Okay, let me pair this with another one, too. I mean, abolish ICE is a, a complete fringe position, right? This is a bonkers left-wing position. Yes. Um, and it's the type of thing that even Cory Booker dodges questions about. Uh, however, pair that with the support. That's 30% support there. The support of Trump tariffs, 33%. Within the margin of error of abolish ICE, that's how popular that that idea is. Now, I don't care if it's 100% approval. I would still oppose it because I don't think it's a good idea. But it is not even in a popular proposal. It's not winning over any voters. You know, it is, again, the the worst policy of his presidency. Believe Kavanaugh accusations. This one is fascinating. Believe the Kavanaugh accusations. 26% say, is that 25 28, I believe it is. 28% say yes. 29% 29% say no, 43% say, I don't know. And I think that's where America was left. I don't know. I don't know. There certainly was enough proof of it right. by any means. Right. And I, I don't think, I would say no to that. I do not believe it. But still, uh, I can understand you, how people who are jumping in and not following it every day might not. If you, said, if you had a gun to my head and said, you have to pick one, uh, uh, uh. I wouldn't feel comfortable condemning a man or or condemning her. I, I, I wouldn't. Now, with the additional information that we've had afterwards, mm-hmm. you know, where we've had uh, Ben Sass, who didn't know and said, yeah, then we saw the additional information and it's pretty bad. Her story completely falls apart. You know, then I'm OK. But when you watch those two, I wouldn't want to decide um bothered by foreign bothered by hearing foreign language 76 percent no 20 percent said yes do immigrants commit more crime 21 percent said yes 73 percent said no reduce immigration and build a wall 60 percent said no 35 percent said yes now i wonder what that would be on increase immigration but build a wall Increase legal immigration. Right. It's tough. You know, they, they, they like to put this reduce immigration. Well, people don't necessarily want to reduce immigration. Yes. They want to reduce illegal immigration. Exactly right. Has Trump drained the swamp? 30, 39% said yes. 56% said no. Support Trump's tariffs. 33% no. Or sorry, 33% yes. 55% uh, no. 12% I, I don't know. Reverse racism is a bigger issue than racism. It's a weird question. Yeah, 40% say yes. It's, it's, it's unbelievable it's 
Um, uh, you know, it's it, it, the the question has never been: Is it a bigger problem per se? It's the question has always been: Does it exist at all? But I think that's what the forty percent is saying. They're, they deny the press denies that it doesn't even exist. Here's right. independence saying forty percent of independents going. Yeah, and yeah, it's worse than regular, it's worse. worse than what we typically think of racism. Right. Yeah, I mean that's a big. So it, it's it, big number. It uh, it verifies that it does exist. Uh, want Republicans to keep the House? Forty percent say yes. Forty five percent say no. Approve of Trump? Forty one percent of independents say yes. Fifty one say no. Just to quickly pair that again, I mean, forty one percent approve of Trump, but forty nine percent say the Russia investigation is a witch hunt. That's uh, those are yep. t- together that same group. Yes. That's pretty interesting. Uh, you support Kavanaugh's confirmation? Forty four percent yes. Forty five percent no. Uh, has helped uh, Trump helped you economically 47 to 47. Uh, the Russia investigation is a witch hunt 49 to 47. We are a divided nation, but we really we have to keep our crap together. We really have to keep, keep our crap together because the next five to 10 days, depending on what happens with the stock market, because historically, we're in that red zone. Right now, through like November 6th, is a red zone. This thing could fall apart. Could be 1929. Could be fine. I'm counting on fine. But things can change that rapidly. Uh, and others are preparing. There's this bizarre story that I found. Um, the... Money managers for the elite in China have virtually all of the high net worth clients into physical gold. They're all into gold. Virtually all of them own gold. And that's why it's so interesting. The Chinese buying is continuously going up and it's going up without stopping. The Chinese know what's happening. They know and they're continuing to buy gold. One day that's going to have a major influence on the gold price. When the paper market breaks, China dominates the gold market. It's going to be very interesting. I look forward to the West failing in their manipulation of the gold price uh, through the various paper markets, blah, 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 blah. China just took delivery of a massive amount of gold from London and New York. Last month, imports of gold into Switzerland and then exports to Asia and India Over 70% of the gold import figures into Switzerland came from the banks in London and the United States. Switzerland is now buying the 400-ounce bars from the UK and U.S. bullion banks and converting them into one-kilo bars and shipping them to China. Last month, there was hardly any buying from the mines. It's all coming from the banks out of London and New York. The central banks are either leasing their physical gold into the market or selling it covertly. Now, I'm not not exactly sure what all of this means yet. I've called a couple of friends and I'm looking into this. I'll try to get back to you on this tomorrow. Before it is used, uh, before it used to be in London and stay in New York and it would be traded between the various banks. These banks now are getting the gold from central banks and they give the central bank an IOU. Again, in normal times, the gold would stay in London or or New York. But now that gold is going via Switzerland to China and India, and it will not come back. 
So what does that mean? For months, I have been telling you that all of the countries all around the world are calling their gold back. They're all calling the gold back. This is at some point either going to leave us with nothing because of what's called rehypothecation. That's another show or uh, a, a, a war because there's not enough gold for all the money that we all printed and borrowed. So what happens? Nobody is paying attention to countries, a Russia and China saying we're going on war footing and countries all around the world calling the gold back. There's something happening and you need to know about it and you need to be prepared. Now, coincidentally, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is Goldline. I'm telling you that story because I pulled it out last night and I'll tell you more on it tomorrow. But I am, I am very concerned, especially with the election moving forward. If the Democrats, the social, uh, the socialists get control of even just the House, you are going to see investigations. You're going to see a stoppage uh, of, of everything. And you're going to start to see the 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 House pitted against the Senate the house and the senate pitted against the white house i think the white house then will go to the supreme court i think all three branches of government are going to be in chaos plus we have the possibility shep smith of a real crisis on our border plus what's happening to the economy we we are we should all hold our breath and not do anything to add to the chaos but the time is coming where we're going to have to pay for the mistakes of the past and when it does i recommend that you think like all of the other central banks around the world and you have something that is real and tangible now is the time to go to goldline and get their important risk information and find out if gold or silver is right for you now you don't have to do that if you're not convinced by what I'm just saying. They've put a special report together on what it means if the Democrats take one or both houses of Congress. And it's pretty eye-opening. And what it means, read this report. It's free. Just go and call Goldline now, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Ask them for the free report. They'll send it to you. And I'm telling you, it's bone-chilling, and it's real. What happens because of this election? 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Glenn Beck. This, uh, this is unbelievable, um, the spin uh, from the, the press. And you need to be uh, solid in the facts. The press right now is telling you there is no invasion coming. The, the press right now is saying that if you disagree with George Soros, you're an anti-Semite. The press is now saying that, you know, Donald Trump's words are responsible for Pittsburgh. The truth. When we come back. 
Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. Glenn Beck. Okay, we all know about the fox in the chicken house, right? The sneaky fox that tricks everybody into believing that he's the best animal to protect the chickens. And then when everybody turns their back, he eats all the chickens. What a surprise. It's a fox. Right? That's what you're supposed to learn from it. In the wake of the terrible shooting in Pittsburgh at the Tree of Life Synagogue, the Women's March, which is an incredibly well-funded group for a grassroots campaign, came out in pearl-clutching support of the victims. Now, they didn't do this without a lot of underhanded digs towards the president and America with its ghastly xenophobia. Here's the official statement from the Women's March on Twitter. Today, we are turning our grief into action with Jewish action to send a clear message that these anti-Semitic and xenophobic attacks can never happen again. If you're not in D.C., tune in around three o'clock to our Facebook page and watch and share live stream. Oh, that's fantastic. It's fantastic. The only problem with this is, um, you know, the women's march. I mean, the three highest ranking members have kind of a history of being vehemently anti-Semitic. And above them all is Linda Sarsour, which is the one who just issued this. Sarsour's main concern is is attacking America and destroying its Western values so that it can be more amenable to Islam. Sarsour, make no mistake about it, is full of hatred. Everything she says has has been hateful. Anytime she has words of support for something, red flags should pop up. Earlier this month alone, Sarsour tweeted a vague threat to Senator Collins for voting to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. And her choice of language, as usual, was racist and bigoted while pretending to be virtuous. This is Linda Sarsour's tweet. A white woman senator is talking about presumption of innocence that is never offered to black men in America. You are watching white supremacy live on the Senate floor. Really? What did that have to do with white supremacy? She called the democratic process white supremacy. And the black men? What what does that have to do with Kavanaugh? That is not even part of the story. In the wake of the shooting in Pittsburgh... Sarsour's anti-Israel and sometimes anti-Semitic rhetoric has taken quite a turn. Suddenly, she's Judaism's biggest champion. Even Courtney Love, yes, Courtney Love, the one who married Kurt Cobain, she has even said, I gotta tell you, she's an anti-Semite. Her exact words were that Linda Sarsour is an anti-Semitic terrorist. Sarsour has repeatedly advocated for the boycott of Israel. She has long called for the disillusion of Israel. She is violently pro-Palestinian and anti-Israel. She has rarely shown support for Israel or the Jewish community. Yet now, all of a sudden, she has a change of heart. 
I shouldn't have to say what important political event is about to take place. But above all else, she is an extremist. Her loyalty to Islam demands that she put it before everything else. And within Islam and throughout the Quran, there is the doctrine of deception. Muslims are forbidden from mixing with people of other faiths, but they must do that because sometimes they have to convert and spread Islam. Hence the doctrine of deception, where lying is encouraged. The purpose of lying is to smooth over the differences or gain the upper hand over an enemy, I'm quoting, and to advance the cause of Islam, in some cases by gaining the trust of non-believers in order to draw out their vulnerability and defeat them, end quote. In the Quran. 354 Allah himself describes uh, is described as quote the best of deceivers man that doesn't sound like god Linda Sarsour is one of the best deceivers she has stood hand in hand arm in arm with Louis Farrakhan. This kind of rhetoric from Louis Farrakhan has been going on forever, but it's Linda Sarsour that has brought it in to the Democratic Party. She's the one where she brought all of the leadership to Louis Farrakhan's most anti-Semitic speech, at least the one he's given in the last, you know, six months. It's hard to keep up because I think he just called Jews termites. So make no mistake, make no mistake. Linda Sarsour has a very different view of America, of American principles, of anti-Semitism. She is a sharp minded fox guarding the chicken coop. It's Tuesday, October 30th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mm. All right. This next segment, I am, I am merely doing for the mainstream media to see if they can figure out at all why America doesn't trust them. How are they playing any role in what's happening? The mainstream media, and this is why they are dangerous right now. They are dangerous and they're not dangerous in the same way. They're an enemy. No, no, no. They're dangerous. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt in their blindness, whether that is an intentional blindness, which I think it is. Or just because they're just in this bubble and they don't know anybody who thinks differently. But their blindness is leading us to some very bad things. Donald Trump is not the problem. Donald Trump is a symptom. And he is a symptom of people who feel that they haven't been listened to. And they have been screwed by people in Washington and lied to by people in Washington and the media. 
I could give you a million examples. Uh, let's say uh, your health care is going to go down $2,500. Did it? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Did your health care go down? No. How about that you can keep your doctor? How about that they weren't socialists and that if you said somebody was a socialist, you're a racist? How about that the Tea Party was violent and that Occupy Wall Street, who were actually planting bombs in Cleveland to blow up a, blow up a bridge, stopped by the FBI, that they weren't? That you can't call a bunch of people clad in black masks throwing Molotov cocktails and breaking storefront windows, you cannot call them a mob. I, I don't know. People feel that they have been lied to. And when they feel that they have been lied to, and on top of being lied to, they feel that they have been singled out as the problem they don't take kindly to it. Now, right now, the media is all about Donald Trump's rhetoric. Now, I want you to listen. Now, this is Brian Stelter's uh, stupid uh, newsletter thing that goes out every night. And he is, remember, he's supposed to be the check on the press. Listen to this. The key message in President Trump's midterm playbook, hate the media, fear the migrant caravan, save me from a Democratic oversight. He's trying to stay on message despite the Pittsburgh massacre and the fallout from the wave of mail bombs. That means he's bashing the fake news while newsrooms are on a heightened state of security alert. They didn't seem to care that, about that with me when they were attacking me and no. my family was under attack. That means he's talking about a migrant invasion at the southern border while authorities examine the Pittsburgh shooters hatred of invaders and Jews. He's scheduled to travel to Pittsburgh on Tuesday, even though the mayor has urged him to postpone his visit. It's likely to be a very big story on Tuesday. There was a White House scolding. Sarah Sanders surprised the press corps by scheduling a rare White House briefing on Monday. At the briefing, Sanders claimed that CNN rushed to blame the president for the pipe bombs. CNR, CNN PR responded, no, press secretary, CNN did not say the real Donald Trump was directly responsible for the bombs sent to our office by his ardent and emboldened supporter. We did say that he and you should understand that your words matter, every single one of them. But so far, you don't seem to get that. Bloomberg, Trump is inciting people. The president should be unifying, and instead he's exciting people and inciting people, said Michael Bloomberg to CNN in an exclusive interview on Monday. On October 21st, the Pittsburgh suspect wrote on Gab, I have noticed a change in people saying illegals. They're now saying invaders. I like this. His social media footprint showed how hatred of Jews merged with a hatred of immigrant invaders. We may never know where he heard this hateful language, but right wing TV and radio has been saturated with invasion and invaders talk for the last two weeks. 
websites and social media feeds have been spreading conspiracy theories about Jews helping the caravan. So I do hope there's some soul-searching, even belatedly, about this dehumanizing content and coverage. First key point, Fox hosts, Fox guests, GOP leaders are all talking about an imminent invasion, even though no such thing is happening. On Fox, I counted more than 60 invasion references since October 16th. Invading was brought up more than a dozen times. On Fox Business, I counted more than 75 invasion references, mostly on Lou Dobbs' show. By the way, this data includes repeats. But now Trump is using this word. The president apparently isn't second-guessing himself. On Monday, he used the word invasion for the first time in a tweet. But many Americans, perhaps most, are looking at Trump's decision to send 5,200 troops to the border as a stunt or political theater. On MSNBC's All In, Michelle Goldberg, she said, quote, Trump has not only created this big lie about this caravan that has inspired mass murder. But he's now shifting the resources of government to substantiate his lie. At the same time on Fox, Tucker Carlson reassured his viewers that migrant caravan is a real thing. But what do you do with invaders? Oliver Darcy emails... I think the natural question to ask is, what do you do with invaders? This rhetoric from Fox is particularly charged because of what it tells the Fox audience. One doesn't let invaders into their home. When faced with invaders, one generally uses everything at their disposal to confront them, including force. And that's the message that Fox is relaying to millions of people. End quote. Shep speaks the truth. Quote, there is no invasion. No one is coming to get you, Shep Smith said on Monday. There is nothing at all to worry about. The caravan is only talk about the midterms. That is the fair and balanced, reliable source critiquing what's happening uh, in the media. Well, you know, it's weird is I didn't hear any critique if you happen to disagree with them. I heard uh, if, if you happen to agree with them. I heard all kinds of stuff if you disagreed yeah. and lots of assumptions. Well, we and I don't know, just saying that Shep Smith tells the truth. How, how, does, how does Shep Smith know who's coming for you? Yeah, or, or <laughs> if they're even coming. Yeah, right, or if they're even coming. I mean, like, you know what, the word imminent? I mean, is it a, is it a risk I mean, we know this. Barack Obama went through a situation where thousands of unaccompanied uh, minors were coming to the border. Uh, and these were not uh, 25-year-old children or 25-year-old adults, largely, mm-hmm. like, like the caravan mm-hmm. it seems mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that was a major situation. Um, yeah. Now, he, well, didn't, he didn't... Wasn't prepared for it. He wasn't prepared for it. And so they're being prepared for this one. I mean, you can argue so, with the word invasion if you want, but... So, it, it, so let me let me take could I, let me mm-hmm. take a quick break, Stu, and I'm going to come back about you know because you're right about that. I mean, it's happened before, mm-hmm. but there was something that went pretty much unchecked by CNN, and it don't seem to really this isn't registering at all. We'll go there next. Mm-hmm. 
LifeLock, cybersecurity, the security of your identity and the security of your things, your devices. Where do you want to start? Your your uh, data can be breached at any time. There's a million ways to get uh, all of your data, your passcodes, absolutely everything. Take your identity, borrow money against your name, extort you, whatever it is. There is also the danger to your devices. People coming in and taking stuff off of your device and then... You know, like they've done before, there's this uh, thing that's happening around the world now. I'm sure CNN and Shep Smith know that this isn't true, um, except it's happening. Uh, Like with Sony, I think it was Sony where they came in and they hacked in and they took all the information and held them hostage. Okay, today's Connected World, you need to watch both of these. LifeLock, new identity theft protection, adds the power now of Norton Security. So you have the threats against your identity covered and your devices. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with Norton Security is going to hit the threats that you might miss. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK for an extra 10% off your first year, plus an additional $25 Amazon gift card with annual enrollment. That's promo code BECK at LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK, 1-800-LIFELOCK. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, so here is what the um, media misses, and they they need to get a handle on this if they if they want to survive. Oh, did he make a threat? No, business. Look at your ratings, business. If you want to survive, you have to understand that half the country cannot be entirely wrong. Half the country is bigoted and racist and xenophobic. No. You excuse things from your side because the other side has nothing to teach you. And so anything your side says is true. Global warming, we're all going to be dead soon. Really? Are we? That's not scare tactics. How about, oh, this president ripping children out of the arms of, of their parents? I couldn't take it when I heard this yesterday from Barack Obama. I'd like to think there are compassionate conservatives out there who think there's nothing compassionate about ripping immigrant children from the arms of their mothers at the border. Oh, my gosh. And putting them in pens. Oh, my gosh. Stop. I'd like to think that... Stop. I can't take it. I cannot take it. First of all, I'd like to think there are compassionate conservatives. I'd like to think. Okay. All right. So this is just like a unicorn. I'd like to think there are unicorns out there, but I haven't seen any who think that tearing children out of the arms of their parents at the border and putting them in cages, most of those pictures, sir, that, that everybody circulated and everybody was up in arms about were from your administration. I, 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 and what is he doing? What is he doing? He is demonizing the right. He is making Donald Trump into a monster. You just have a different monster, CNN. That's the, that's the difference. Can we recognize this, please? Because if you, were, if you were a thinking human being and had an ounce of, of intellectual honesty, 
you would be able to say, you know, wait, wait a minute, guys, wait a minute. Let, let's talk about this here for a second. Aren't we doing exactly the same thing we're accusing them of doing? Maybe, maybe we should stop doing it on our side. And then if he changes, great. I can't change him, but I can change me. Can we have that conversation Glenn, in America? Back. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me remind you who we are. As Hurricane Michael neared landfall in Panama City and Mexico Beach in Florida, the media kicked into high gear as usual. The reporters were positioned in areas where the wind would be, you know, the strongest. Look at me, I'm about blowing away. Don't go outside. All that stuff. The animated countdown clocks began to pop up in the lower right of uh, all the cable news broadcast. And the great questions, which now served as headlines in lieu of actual reported facts, began to surface in the lower thirds of all of our uh, TV screens. Hurricane Michael, did global warming supercharge the storm? Or is a rally the best use of Trump's time during a hurricane? Or the politics of Hurricane Michael, when do politicians take it too far? It's nothing new. This is what happens with natural disasters. It's a cheap and easy way to score political points, you know, grab ratings, sell newspapers, get radio broadcast to be listened to, whatever, especially during election seasons. But this time, this time I had a unique insight into this storm. One of the producers on my television show approached me and said, I've got to go to Michael's Ground Zero. And I said, why? What, uh, you volunteering? He said, no, uh, that's where my parents live. Small town, Mexico Beach. That's what we had all seen. There was nothing left. At the time, he said this, details were scarce, but things were looking you know, like it was going to get really bad. I said, just go take care of your family. If you need anything, call me. Uh, Mercury One is already there providing workers aid in the area. So whatever you need, just let me know. So he left. He disappeared for about a week under the radar, and he came back. And I said, how are your parents? How, what's the situation? What does it feel like? He said, Glenn, I have never seen devastation like this before in person. I've never. The, the majority of the town was just wiped out. He said, it was so weird driving up to the town that I, I go to all the time. I visit every year, and it's not there. It's just an endless field of debris. His family home was still standing, but it needed to be demolished and bulldozed. And they were joined in that regard by many of the friends and neighbors in the town. He told me about the storm surge that had swelled to 14 feet, clearing the coastline homes of belongings and leaving strands of seaweed across the second floor ceilings. The smell of mold and early rot permeating the air. Unless you've been in a hurricane, you don't know that smell. But once you've smelled it, you've never smelled anything like it. People shoveling broken wood and shingles out of the way in hopes of finding anything that they owned intact. Overturned tractor trailers, fishing bolts that had been hurled through walls and windows. It was a beachside paradise apocalypse. I asked him, I said, so how are people doing? How are they holding up? Are they losing faith? I mean, they've lost everything. 
he looked at me and he said, Glenn, it is exactly the opposite. He said, everybody I talked to last week, none of them were talking about the blaring headlines. He said, nobody was talking about climate change, pos- uh, you know, a policy. Um, you know, what they were questioning is, does my neighbor have enough water? Do you have, do you need something? Can, do you need help? Do you have enough food to last through the day? Instead of writing nasty editorials about the lack of government assistance and FEMA's incompetence, folks were just doing what Americans do. They were helping each other tack tarps over the gaping holes in their roofs. At one point, President Trump arrived, Marine One soaring low over the town, flanked by futuristic-looking Osprey aircraft. One very liberal-leaning family member looked up and said, Wow, isn't that something? And then immediately looked back down, looking for anything that they could salvage from the wreckage of their life. There wasn't any time. There wasn't any need to sit back and rail on the controversial presidential entrance. Too much work to do. Too many people to help. That's what's so frustrating. Look at the time we're wasting. There's so much to do. And it wasn't just all the locals going all in to help those in need. My producer said almost every midday meal he ate was donated and cooked by the Gadsden, uh, Alabama chapter of the Freedom Church group. Never heard of them. They just drove down as soon as the roads were clear enough. They were all sleeping in their cars at night. The food was a welcome respite from the MREs that the National Guard was handing out. Everywhere in the leveled town, Hal and Michael, proprietors of the widely popular, um, now destroyed killer seafood restaurant, they were also behind a propane-powered grill. They, they were cooking donated pork tenderloin for anybody, any resident or volunteer that could make it to City Hall. Cans of gas were passed out, or jugs of water exchanged, tools, materials, shared, hugs, tears, prayers. There was an abundance of that. It was an American town struggling to rise from its own ashes. It was an American town that once again was completely at odds with what all of us saw on television. That's what's significant. It's like we're watching cartoons every day. Because everybody is being made into a cartoon. They're not real people. Twitter's not real. What people say and pictures they post on Facebook. Why are we taking pictures of our food? What you see on cable news, that's not real. News and media completely skewed. And usually in the direction of whichever that particular network is leaning towards and it's all about pointing fingers that's making us into something that we're not look i think all americans would say especially after last week we're 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 in a disaster zone what are we doing 
The yelling and screaming on TV? That's not action. That's TV. In real life, in real life, America acts. Both liberals and conservatives. We live in the same towns. We go to the same grocery stores. I know, we, we shop, you know, maybe at the same place, but we don't buy the same kind of peanut butter. Who gives a flying crap? When the chips are down, America grabs its brother by the hand and stands up from the wreckage and declares with absolute certainty, don't worry, we'll rebuild and we'll be stronger because of it. Please remember this point that my producer brought back from Florida. There's nothing we can't get through. As long as we don't forget, it doesn't matter who you voted for. It doesn't matter. Hey, I've got some water. Does anybody need any water? I mean, unless you voted for Donald Trump. I mean, unless you voted for Hillary Clinton. Then you're my enemy. We're in this together. News media is never going to bring this to you because it doesn't do well in ratings. And quite honestly, it's the business that they're in. There are very powerful, very rich forces on both sides that have a dog in this fight. And the fight is what it's all about. But that's what I want to remind you. We're in this fight, the real fight, together. Don't be distracted. Don't be outraged. Don't be angry. It's hard. Be an American. I don't know what that means. I think we used to, but I don't know what it means. Maybe just for this week? Just be like the resident, uh, a resident in, in, in Bay County, Florida. Maybe that's enough. Just be a neighbor who sees a need, sees the wreckage, and says, you know, I, I have something that could help and act. So there's been an advertiser on uh, our radio and uh, television uh, network for about, I think, four years and people have been taking it. But um, I've never endorsed it because I didn't use it. And um, and I didn't use it because I don't know how you see things on TV. I mean, you can believe that. <laughs> it's so weird. So weird. I, I would ask people. So they're working for me and I have a policy. If you don't use it, if you don't believe it. Don't talk about it. Don't take that advertiser. Okay, that's my policy. I'd go up to people, come on, really, does that work? Yeah, Glenn, it does. And it was people that had just kind of, you know, old sports injuries or, or whatever, and they were taking something called Relief Factor. And I'm in massive pain and been in pain for, I don't know, five, six, seven, ten, my life. And... Uh, I, I finally got to a point last Christmas where I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I and mean, it was a dark, dark place. And my wife 
finally said to me, as I said, I can't take medicine from the doctor anymore. I hate it. It's bad. It's poison. And I can't live like this anymore. She said, have you tried the relief factor thing? And I'm like, no, I haven't. It's all natural. And she looked at me like, what the, so what's the problem? And I'm like, it's all drug free. And your point, it's not going to work. Well, she said, can we just do what they recommend? Take it for three weeks. I'll take it too. You take it. I'll take it. Take it for three weeks. If you don't see anything, then we move on. So I did. I'm giving you this commercial message because my wife a year ago said, let's try this. Just do it for three weeks. I didn't think it was going to work. It did. There's four key ingredients that help your body fight against inflammation. Try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work, move on. If it does work, you get your life back. 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start go on to order more month after month after month because it works. If you want a drug-free and natural way to ease your pain, try it. Just try it. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Dennis, welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, thanks, Glenn. Uh, when you're over in Richmond, yep. go over to the west side of town to Short Pump and check out the Arby's in Short Pump. I'm telling you, it's not your father's Arby's. The food is awesome. I've never had an actual Arby sandwich there. The motif is totem poles, canoes, and geese in the ceiling. It's it's a wood frame. Well, I don't care about the. I don't care what the ambiance is. It's you're cool. telling me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Because we base our tours on food. We're going. We're going to Hershey, Pennsylvania. I don't think that takes a mathematician to find out why. We're going to Pittsburgh. Permanti sandwiches. We're going to Cleveland because we want to try Melt. We hear it's fantastic. You're telling me Arby's in Richmond? In Short Pump. In Short Pump, the west side of Richmond. The, their food. Get, get, their, get their roast chicken. Get, get, I mean, their food is awesome. Check, TripAdvisor did a review of them. If you Google it, TripAdvisor did a review of them. They got about a dozen pictures up there. The food is wonderful. I live 50 miles away, and I go there to get dinner because it's that good. Okay, now I'm not looking for dinner either. I mean, we're looking for trashy food fast food good fast trashy food. food yeah right good fast food i'm telling you it's really good fast right. food. it's fast food gone it's what it's what capitalism unleashed can do for me <laughs> you, you you're really selling this yeah. you're really selling this I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm what do you do for a living i own the there. arby's in uh, <laughs> short pump uh in short pump uh dennis yep uh you want to come to the show um oh i'd love to i've got a i've got a couple of tickets for you um, hang on the phone. We'll also get you a copy of the book, Addicted to Outrage, uh, signed. And I will see you. And I swear to you, Dennis, if we go to Short Pump, I don't even know how far away that is, and it's a regular Arby's, you're not going to be happy. Don't. <laughs> no. Trust you, me. <laughs> all right. We so, will. I'm seeing Richmond Boulevard at Burger and Brew. We'll see you on Thursday. Is, this, uh, is that it? I'm seeing a different. This is another place people are suggesting Boulevard Burger and Brew in Richmond. I mean, look, this is just. We. We, we're not we're here too me. thin and, yeah. and this is you know people you're are gonna like, hey, see are you us and you're sick? gonna be like yeah you, you know i think they have some sort of disease yeah they think we'll have some sort of issue yeah. where we can't keep food down i, no, I guarantee the first thing you're gonna think of when i uh, walk on stage you're gonna be like holy cow that guy's let himself go huh <laughs> jeez look at that how does he walk yeah oh he doesn't huh 
That's what you're going to be thinking. Yeah. Uh, and so we just want you to know we planned this whole tour around food. So we put all the ridiculous stuff at the beginning because you're going to be just focused on other things for a while, trying mm-hmm. to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. And then you'll get into the, oh, well, this is an important thing. About 40 minutes in, I think yeah. you'll be able to refocus on what we're I mean, saying. Really? I mean, I'm going to Tampa? Not for the show. I'm going for Kojak's. Oh, really? That's it. Yeah, I'm just going for Kojak's. That's it. You got to have, you go to Tampa, you have to have Kojak's ribs. It's this little house on the side of the road. And it's like you you walk in and you're like, right. I think this is, I saw this in a movie. They, they Some co-eds are making out and then some guy comes and kills them. And you're like, no, 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 this is great. This is great barbecue. You live in Texas, you know. Some people are going to be uh, very offended by uh, I don't care. praising other oh, barbecue. I will take, oh, I will take Kojak's. Every day over over what I've had here. Really? Every day. Wow. Oh, I think it's the best. Anyway, uh, something about food uh, <laughs> or a tour. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, it's Glenbeck.com slash food. Uh, if you, I mean, Glenbeck.com slash tour. Yeah. So if you want to come, we're going to be in uh, Richmond. Uh, and we're either going to be full and happy or really, really angry with Dennis. Uh, either way, it'll be a good show. Uh, Richmond on Thursday. We'll be in Hershey, Pennsylvania on Friday. Saturday, we're in Pittsburgh. Sunday in Cleveland, Ohio. Make sure you join us. Glenbeck.com slash tour. Glenn Beck. Mercury.